You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. Greetings, everyone. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily, episode 1513. Here we go. Another educational series, part one. Welcome to Barn Building 101, brought to you by Morton Buildings at mortonbuildings.com. Glenn here, founder of the Horse Radio Network and host of Horses in the Morning. We started a couple educational series last year that were a huge hit with uh, with you guys. And one of them was on horse insurance and the other one on trailers and trailer safety. And they proved very popular and educational. So we asked what else you wanted to hear about. And building a barn was high on the list. I know that's something that Jennifer and I are probably going to be doing very soon, too. So this is timely. Joining us for this series is Dennis Lee, equestrian product line manager at Morton Buildings. And this uh, part one of three, we're going to discuss design considerations to help you ensure you get the barn you want for now and into the future. Dennis, we've all heard of Morton Buildings, but tell us a little bit about the company. Sure. Thanks, Clint. Um, so Morton Buildings was founded in 1903 as the uh, interlocking fence company. We started out in the, the mail order woven wire business, basically. And over the years, transitioned from the fencing component business to building packages and then eventually evolved into uh, turnkey erected building shells. We are the, the nation's leader in the post-frame building industry. We design, manufacture, deliver, and erect our own uh, building product. Well, Dennis, one of the things that we're looking at at our property now, and we have five acres, uh, brand new, you know, barren land, is where do you put the barn? And, you know, where do you, how do you figure out what's the best place to plop it? So let's talk about that first. Yeah, so that's that's a great question. And, uh, you know, site prep and site selection uh, is, is probably one of the most important uh, things to consider when building a new barn. A lot of the uh, just nightmare stories that I see and hear from, um, you know, customers building barns were, were poorly selected or poorly prepped sites. So we all know in the wintertime, horses like to like to create a lot of mud and, and nobody likes dealing with muddy, wet, slippery, uh, you know, which creates a, an unsafe environment. So drainage is number one, um, you know, a properly graded drainage drained site we want uh, we like to see a site that has a minimum of a one percent slope away from the building for probably 10 to 15 feet uh, without it being a major you know steep incline you know so we don't want a 45 degree angle climb into the building you know site prep is something that we highly recommend you uh, enlist the help of a professional you know go ahead and flag your site out and shoot some elevations and uh, you know and determine what sort of grading is required prior to the building a major mistake that we see a lot of owners make is to just build the building and then try and address the site and the drainage and the grading after the building is built which is uh, never delivers a good result uh, the other thing we want to consider is zoning uh, permitting you know, what sort of plan requirements your local county or township may have, things like setbacks or maximum footprint requirements. So, again, another good opportunity to enlist the, the help of a professional that has you know, experience in your area. And uh, you, you can always start with a phone call to your local zoning or uh, building code office and ask them, you know, what portions of your barn will require a permit and what their requirements are going to be up front. Uh, 
this is not a case where you're better to ask forgiveness than permission. So a phone call to the county or township ahead of time will uh, will save you a lot of headache. And if you're not pouring concrete for this thing, uh, what mm-hmm. do you recommend for for the base? So a good firm uh, clay or limestone base. You know, you don't, you don't want um, to have mud issues as you go along. So a, a good firm base. You want to remove topsoil and organic material and and place that somewhere else in the facility and just make sure you have a good firm base uh, with good drainage around the building that's that's not so steep you can't get into it you know think about your access Uh, how are you going to get to and from the building with loads of hay loads of bedding how is your farrier going to get to the building uh, if you have an emergency, are you going to be able to get to the building with a you know veterinarian vehicle in the dark in the winter time and that type of thing? And also your big horse trailer, how are you Absolutely. maneuvering it around? You know, which- getting getting in, getting turned around, yeah. getting backed up to. You know, these are these are all things we highly recommend. Uh, make an investment in some survey flags and a measuring tape and just go out there and stick some flags on the ground and get a good visual representation of what your building is going to look like uh, on your site. Very good. Well, let's talk about now that you've determined where you're going to put it, you got to determine how big it's going to be, right? And how many stalls you're going to have and tack room and washroom and all of that stuff. So uh, let's start there. How do you determine size? So number one complaint, when we go back and interview uh, horse customers or, uh, you know, equine facility customers after the fact, I didn't build it big enough. (laughs) You know, we, we built a barn for my wife and my daughter to have a horse. Well, now you know, horses seem to multiply. Yes, you know, <laughs> horses, they're herd animals, right? So we end up with a lot more than we thought we were going to, or the husband's decided he's going to get into trail riding also. So number one complaint, I didn't build it big enough. Uh, so if, if you plan to build a building for three horses, we highly recommend that you build a building large enough to accommodate four to six stalls. That doesn't mean that you have to actually complete the remaining stalls, but having space in that building to add those stalls at a later date uh, is very important. The buildings are not getting less expensive over time, so there is no better time than now to build a building that is the size that you may need for your future uh, needs. The other thing that we see, um, we'll have clients come to us and say, I need a four-stall barn. Well, you know, the, the number of stalls is, is one of the, it's obviously a, an important consideration, but it's not all there is in a barn, right? So horses require a lot of stuff. So we want to make sure and not underestimate our storage needs. So uh, you upsize your tack room. We love to see a tack and feed room as separate rooms so that you're not uh, you know, enticing rodents to be in the same room as your uh, tack. Uh, ancillary storage so where are your wintertime blankets uh your paraphernalia you take to horse shows with you rubber tubs spare feed buckets pitchforks wheelbarrows you know there's just a lot of stuff in stall barns and we want to make sure that we have good safe functional storage for all those items one of the things that we've talked about in the past on on a number of the shows that's something that if you're buying a current place that's had an older barn that you have a problem with and don't think about when you buy it is ventilation. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, so, so what do you guys do in, in, when it comes to ventilation? What do you recommend? So horses, my personal horses, uh, consume and then subsequently give off 10 to 20 gallons of water a day. That is going to be in the, in the form of urination or perspiration. So that has to go 
somewhere. It's going to go initially into your bedding and then into the atmosphere of your building. So ventilation is absolutely key in your stall barns. Uh, we use a combination of things. Uh, you're better off to overventilate than underventilate and have a air quality problem. So we use, you know, obviously windows and doors, but uh, it's also important to have ventilated overhangs. Our minimum overhang is going to be 12 inches. Uh, we also offer two, three, and four foot ventilated overhangs, as well as a combination of ventilated ridge caps and powered cupolas, so a, a functional cupola with a fan in it. And we will typically put those fans on uh, either a thermostat or a humidistat. So a humidistat being the fan will cut, cut itself on uh, when the humidity in the barn reaches a certain level. So, you know, a part of ventilation goes back to uh, st your stalls and the setup of your barn, right? H how mm -hmm. it's set up and how much access the you have to air to the outside, how enclosed the barn is. Um, so that that also goes back to stall size, something that we didn't touch upon. Do you – is there a recommended stall size? Do you find people want to under – want to make them too small? Is it 10 by 10, 12 by 12, you know, 14 by 14? Yeah, 10 by 10 is the minimum stall size we offer. Uh, honestly, we, we build a very small amount of 10 by 10 stalls every year. 12 by 12 is going to be our uh, most common size. We'll see people on occasion require a 10 by 10 stall, so they have a mini or they have Arabians or they have a smaller sized horse and they're just trying to save a few dollars by undersizing those stalls. We highly recommend against that for several reasons. For one, it is is horse safety. So, you know, a smaller, a smaller size stall, a horse is much more likely to get cast in, mm -hmm. which is a safety issue for the horse and for the uh, handler. Uh, the other consideration is resale. So if th this building is likely going to outlive most all of us. So these buildings for the most part, have life beyond the initial owner. What we don't want to see you do is build a stall barn with many and Arabian sized stalls uh, that then causes you a resale issue, you know, if you're in a, a quarter horse or a warm blood or a draft type of market down the road. Uh, so the other thing to take into consideration and that uh, we're having to look at, too, is lighting and electrical and utilities in general, water, the mm -hmm. whole thing. And I think this is another area that people tend to underestimate. I could be wrong, but you tend to build it and there's never enough light. Uh, it never just enough, seems never enough light. <laughs> yeah. So I was, you know, in, in the early years of building our farm, I was guilty of that as well. Right. You just want to get the barn built, get the horses in before winter and you deal with the rest of it later. We went for a year with no lights in our barn, and that was just absolutely miserable. You know, one one thing that's different um, between a an equestrian facility and a farm shop or storage building, you're going to be in this stall barn every day, usually multiple times a day. And in my case, it's going to be before daylight and after dark, especially once the time changes. So lighting is absolutely key. You know, uh, what we love to do in, um, in grooming stables and wash stalls is we'll run two lights parallel to the horse's body. Your farrier and your veterinarian will love you if there's not huge shadows under the horse. Uh, don't forget exterior lighting. So, of course, we want to have lights in the stalls. Uh, we like to have shedding lights for show horses or lights to help sync up broodmares. Uh, again, the lights in the wash and tack stalls for farriers and grooming, but also exterior lights. And not just your decorative gooseneck light over the barn indoor, but some good 
projection floodlights on the corners. You know, when, when you have a horse run by the window in the middle of the night and you think somebody's loose in the barnyard, you're really going to appreciate having plenty of light on that barn to help you, uh, you know, help get everything together. You know, water is another issue. A lot of people use automatic waters now, obviously. We had a, the last boarding stable where you're at, they did something that I've never seen. It was the dumbest thing I've ever seen. They actually had water run to each stall and you could, you could hand fill from, they had a little hose basically in each stall mm-hmm. and you could hand fill, but they put the valve on the inside of the stall. Well, what's the first thing my hackney pony did is turn oh, yeah. that water on. <laughs> so. So we, we see a lot of customers that um, like to try and, and DIY individual uh, spigots to individual stalls and they'll run, you know, PVC yep, or PEX piping that's, yep. that's exposed to the horses. And uh, there, there's, there just is no secret code for running water to individual stalls other than a high quality automatic water. Uh, we use and recommend Nelson heated automatic waters or a good old fashioned frost free uh, yard hydrant installed in the barn aisle itself. I, I cringe every time I see the DIY individual waters run to a stall because they're either going to freeze and bust and flood a stall or you're going to have an inquisitive hackney pony chewing them (laughs) off the wall and (laughs) causing problems. That is so true. All right. The final thing we'll talk about in this segment, and we have a couple more segments that we'll be doing over the next few weeks, is floors. You know, uh, we talked about, we use lime rock down here. You talk about limestone. They call it lime rock here in Florida, Mm -hmm. but it's basically... uh, crushed up limestone that you can compact really tight. Um, but on top of that, you have to put your rubber mats. So talk to us about rubber mats. We see them for sale a lot now around here, but boy, the thickness and quality appears to be lacking in some of them. Yeah, not all mats are created equal. And if you ever grab a hold of a really high quality rubber mat, you'll you'll see that instantaneously. So uh, like you were saying, your base, your base in your stalls is everything. So that can be referred to in different manners across the country. So you can have ag lime, crushed limestone, uh, stone screenings pit gravel, what you know, in your stalls, you want a, a, a fine, granular, well compacted, very level, stable surface. Uh, and that really needs to be well compacted and, and very level. And then a high quality rubber mat. So we use uh, the highest quality rubber mat that we've been able to source. The the best thing about the mats that we use are they come in a larger format. So for a 12 by 12 stall, you can have two six by 12 mats interlocked with each other, uh, reducing the number of joints in the mat. We all know what it's like to have that perfectly sifted pitchfork full of manure and hit a uh, curled up joint in a stall mat and it all goes flying. Um, but your, your low cost, low quality mats, like you'll see at some of the local farm supplies, if you can grab that mat and really bend it over easily or if it cuts super easy with a utility knife, it's just not going to give you the service life that a super dense, uh, heavy, high quality mat will. So you're looking for at least a, ha- a half uh, half inch thick, or yeah, ha- half or five eighths is the most common. Okay. Do you mm-hmm. recommend them in the aisles too, or do you guys not? We, we, is that no, customer? we do. We yeah. we use quite a few stall mats in the aisles. Now in the aisles, uh, what we like to see is a uh, an in, obviously an interlocking mat so they don't walk. They don't end up moving you down the aisle. Another great option there is pavers. So we do quite a few stall barns with uh, either the glue down or lay down interlocking style of paver. The paver makes a very nice, quiet, uh, safe, 
you know, high traction type of surface. They can be a little bit of a bear to keep clean. So you're going to want a, a leaf blower or a vacuum or something to keep those pavers clean. Well, as I said, this is a several part series. So we're going to get into much more in the future segments that we do. Thanks, Dennis, for joining us. We really appreciate it. And, you know, whether you're doing stalls or stall barns or riding arenas, whatever it is, Morton has a building for you. They're professionally built for your needs. They really do take time to find out what you want. I have a lot of friends that do Morton buildings. They, they take time to find out exactly what you want what your budget is, and then they design a building just for you. So right now you can save through February on new buildings during their building value days. And to learn more, visit mortonbuildings.com slash project slash sequestrian. You don't have to remember that. We'll put it in the show notes right here. Or you can give them a call at 800-447-7436. That's mortonbuildings.com. Thanks, Dennis. Well, there you have it. Horse Radio Network has thousands of engaging podcasts for horse people, and you can have them sent right to your phone. Just subscribe via your favorite podcast player. This is Coach Jen, and I will be back again soon with another tip. Until then, go ride your horse. The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements made by guests on the Horse Tip Daily. Please use your own judgment when listening to the tips on this show.